Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We are located in Collinsville, Virginia. We are glad you joined us today. If you head over to our webpage, you can find more ways to serve, more sermons like this, as well as opportunities to support this ministry through giving. We pray God's blessing on the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Amen. among us. From Mark's Gospel, the 11th chapter. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and they found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. When they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told him what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered into Jerusalem and went into the temple. And we had looked around at everything. It was already late. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. Friends, this is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you spend time praying with me and for me? Holy Spirit, come incarnate word, fill your people this day. May we experience the joy of our salvation, which is found in you and you alone. God, as we gather together as your people, we hear the words proclaimed, we examine them together as a community of faith, and as we leave this place and go into the world. We ask that we might be filled with your love and your care, your grace and your mercy, your justice, and yet your peace. Place the cross before me. 
allow none to see me but you and your grace alone. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you to this first Sunday of Lent. I want to say thank you to those that were able to come out to our Ash Wednesday service. I hope that it was a blessing to you. Um, But for those that aren't from this tradition uh, or you're visiting with us or whatever this may be, uh, we want to invite you to, to know that this time, this place, the church has set aside historically 40 days leading to Easter Sunday for a time of reflection, a time of fasting, a time of uh, intense and also uh, meaningful spiritual practices to help us draw closer both to God and to one another. So this is our first Sunday. And as I was thinking about what we might do, I thought that it would be sort of fun to to travel with Mark this year, to travel with Mark's gospel, to see Jesus as he walks from Palm Sunday all the way into Jerusalem on Good Friday as he lays to rest on Holy Saturday and we gather together and proclaim the resurrection on Easter Sunday. Now you may be wondering, well, why do you choose Mark's gospel and not Matthew or Luke or John? And the reason for that is that Mark is the only gospel that goes through such intricate detail as to each day that progresses, this is what Jesus is doing. So we find this first day, the first day of the week, Palm Sunday. And then Mark goes on to say, and then he goes back to Bethpage, and then after he's in Bethpage, on the next day he does this. And then early in the morning on the following day, he does this. And then on the day of the Passover, he does this. So Mark wants us to see that this last week, which takes up the majority of his gospel, is pivotal for us to understand the gospel proclamation. What Jesus does in this last week is a summary of all the work that Jesus had done in his entire life. What Jesus does in this last week is a culmination, a final breaking point where Jesus lays the line in the sand and says, this is what it takes to follow me. So today we gather together, and this is kind of awkward because usually we celebrate Palm Sunday right before Easter, but we're talking about Palm Sunday today. And Palm Sunday is not just about Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Palm Sunday is a tale of two processions. Because Jesus is not the only person coming into town on this day. There are two, two crowds coming into one place. From the west comes a person by the name of Pilate. Pilate is the governor of Judea. And Pilate comes into the city on his steed. This would have been a standard practice for the Roman governors dating for some centuries. The governors don't come into the city because it's some holy holiday that they need to celebrate. They come in there to establish dominance in order. Palm Sunday is the beginning of the week of Passover, in which the Jews 
recount another time of when God delivered them from the oppression of another foreign power that was ruling over them. So it was common for the Roman governors to come into the city on a day when people were remembering their freedom from oppression to remind the people that they are still oppressed. When Pilate comes into the city of Jerusalem, when he comes in, he brings with him all of the imperial power. When you see from the, from the west Pilate making his way in, you see cavalry with horses, you see foot soldiers, you see leather army, you see helmets, you see swords, you see banners. You hear the clanking of the horses' feet, you hear loud marching, you hear beating drums. When Pilate makes his way into Jerusalem, it's the finest military parade you have ever seen. The real power is here, is what Pilate wants you to know. But when Pilate comes in from the west, he not only brings the sign of imperial power, he also brings the sign of imperial theology. There was a famous ruler of Rome. His name was Caesar Augustus. He ruled in Rome from 31 to 14 CE. And Caesar Augustus had the boldness to claim this, that his father was the god Apollo. And that he too was a god. And that every Caesar that came after him, Caesar, which named literally means Lord, was a god also. So when Pilate makes his way into the city, we don't just have the signs of imperial power, we also have this imperial theology. Here, Jerusalem, is your God. It is the emperor of Rome. He is the son of God. He is the Lord of lords. He is their savior. He's the one that makes peace. So that's the first procession that you have to get to understand the story of Palm Sunday. Is that Jesus is coming into the temple to Jerusalem the same time. But the power of Rome is also making its way. So from the west we have Pilate, but from the east we have Jesus. Riding on a donkey. Mark lets us know that this is a pre-arranged procession. It is a counter-procession to the procession that Pilate is making. Jesus travels down the road on a colt. Down from the Mount of Olives into a crowd of political sympathizers. They don't have swords. They don't have fancy horses. They don't have nice leather armor. They just have jackets and they put them on the ground. They just have leafy branches and they wave them and put them at the colt's feet. And they don't have big drums, they just have the sound of their voices. Hosanna! 
Blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor, David. You see, on this Palm Sunday, it is a day of the showdown of two political statements. You see, Mark is implicit. He references the prophet Zechariah when he writes these words. Tell the daughters of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a colt. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. From the west, we have Pilate. From the east, we have Jesus. When Jesus comes in, he comes with no military might. He simply comes with the message of old. This is your king. This is your kingdom. And in this king, kingdom and with this king, the notion of war will be banished from the land. No more chariots. No more war horses. No more weapons. No more senseless deaths. He will be a king of peace. And his followers will be too. You see, two processions embody the central conflict of the week that leads to Jesus' crucifixion. On the one hand, you have Pilate. And on the other, you have Jesus. And both are descending upon one place, Jerusalem. Now the question you might ask is, why are they both coming to Jerusalem? Why this place? Why not meet in Rome? Why not meet in the center of the power of the world? Well, for one, Jerusalem is a very good place for God to meet. You see, when God first set up the people of Israel, he told them that they were to have this land, this land of Canaan, and that God would set them up as a great and mighty nation, and that they shall worship him in his temple, and that temple shall be in Jerusalem, and that God would dwell with them in this temple for the rest of their lives. However, shortly after becoming a nation, they quickly fell into the problems most nations find. Soon after the time of David, they found themselves setting up domination systems, systems of political oppression, systems of economic exploitation, systems where their religious beliefs legitimized the two. And as we see throughout the history of Israel, we see the prophets speaking out on these domination systems. Saying, this is not the way that God wanted you to order your life together. You are to be a blessing to the nations. Not like all the rest. And as you know the story of the prophets, the people soon found themselves off the land, the temple was destroyed. 
after some time, the people leave Babylon. They come back home. They rebuild the temple. They say now is going to be the time where we get it all right, where we follow the ways of the Lord. Then in comes Greece. In comes Rome. And what we find them doing is we have this time right before Jesus where the high priests are going to the Roman elites and saying, listen, if you make me high priest, if you make me the ruler of my people, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. The two are now one. The temple and Rome are synonymous. See, this This is the background of Jesus riding in on a donkey into the land of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Both of these kings are coming to the temple. But only one will win. This is the journey we take together. We find ourselves looking at the idea of two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Caesar. The kingdom of Caesar is just like any other kingdom you know. A kingdom where the weak are preyed upon by the strong. A kingdom where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But for Mark, for Mark, Mark is very, very sure as he comes to proclaim the kingdom of God and the lordship of Christ. For Mark, he wants us to know that to follow Jesus means to follow Jesus on his way. And Jesus' way for Mark is always headed towards Jerusalem. So to be a follower of Jesus means to follow to Jerusalem. To be a member of the kingdom of God, to to fall underneath the lordship of Christ, means to realize that when you arrive in Jerusalem, that you will find yourself immediately in confrontation with the authorities. And it also means that to find yourself in Jerusalem and to follow the way of Jesus means that when you come to Jerusalem you will always find death. This is precisely what Jesus meets. Jesus meets his death for one reason. He delegitimizes the authority of Rome. Crucifixion wasn't like it is today where the cross represents all suffering. So we say to ourselves when we're suffering, oh, this is my cross to bear. But for Jesus, when Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me, he's asking you a question of allegiance. Will you follow the parade of Caesar? Or will you join in with this other one? Will you lay down your cloak? Will you shout your hosannas? Will you follow me to the cross? For in Jerusalem, Jerusalem is always the place of death. 
But as you also know, Jerusalem is always and always the place of life. For in this week, when we travel together, we find two processions standing before us. And these two processions are always still before us. I think it's kind of ironic that we're still hearing about these massive military processions today. We're still here. Palm Sunday is still relevant. There are still two kings. There are still two ways to live in two different kingdoms. There are still two ways to act in the world. Which procession this day are you attending? Pilate comes in from the west. Jesus humbly processes in from the east. May we choose wisely. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O oh God, for your continuation to be among your people. Even when we fail to choose wisely, and as we all know, on the day of your crucifixion, even those who thought they were with the right parade abandoned you. And yet, God, what makes this story so good that you endured it all. And despite our unfaithfulness, you remained faithful to us.